Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, the hub for medical leaders and influencers that gather for one purpose, which is defeat the common enemy, bad outcomes and inefficiency. Every single day that we wake up to make it into this healthcare environment, we always have to ask ourselves what we're doing to make it better. And one person that wakes up every morning to do it better is my guest. And her name is Nicole Hunt. She is the CEO and president of Coding Concepts. Based out of Phoenix, she's done so many things across the US and has actually done a lot of specialty services in Alaska. But her core niche is helping hospitals and practices become more profitable while taking care of their patients optimally. She's been in the business for over two decades and really has a lot to offer to the field. And what I want to do here, Outcomes Rocket listeners, is open up the mic to Nicole to maybe fill in any of the gaps that I may have missed in her experience. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So I appreciate it. Thank you. That was a great introduction. Um, I don't have a lot more to add. I, you're absolutely right. I do focus uh, heavily on IHS and critical access hospitals and have uh, partnered with some pretty large companies to do um, a number of beds and less, so about 500 beds and less. So that is my niche. That's where I get the most gratification because it's a need and they have limited resources. So that is definitely where my focus is. However, we do have the, the very large clients as well, and I appreciate them as, just as much. So very excited to be on the show, and thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure to have you. You know what? One of the things that I always like to kick off the show with, Nicole, is I I like to ask my guests, why the medical sector? Why did you decide to get in? (laughs) Well, it's kind kind of a funny question because it was very randomly. I was working in retail and one of my employees said, I'm, I'm going to go work in the medical field. You might want to give it a try. And I thought, no way, I can't do an eight to five job sitting at a desk all day. And so, um, Needless to say, I thought, oh, I'll just give it a try, and I did, and it was so intriguing, so challenging, and it changes so frequently that it was something that piqued my interest, and the more I learned, the more my interest was piqued, and I wanted to explore, I wanted to know more, I wanted to get reimbursement quicker for my clients and my employers, and learn why things take so long get processed and why is the documentation not sufficient and and so the more that I learned and the more that I was in the medical field the more that I found that it was that it was my niche I was very it was a gratifying experience for me I love to solve problems and when I would solve one issue there would be another there's 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 an abundant amount of issues that need to be resolved in the medical field as far as coding and documentation and reimbursement to meet all these regulatory requirements. And I swear there's probably more than there is words in the dictionary and to comply with them. And I saw the physicians trying to do the best that they could, but it is so frustrating because their focus is patient care. Ultimately their primary responsibility is patient care. And unfortunately, 
they're so worried about the financial perspective because obviously the administrative staff, the executive staff are saying, you know, we need this to be dealt with because we need to get in the reimbursement to keep our doors open, to be competitive, to be innovative, and apply that pressure towards the providers. And I wanted to be able to assist and help implement streamline processes and only grab out of that federal register the meat and potatoes of what the physicians and the specialty needs because there is so much in it and you can get lost in it and providers don't have and all clinicians actually don't have the time to sit and read the federal register every single year as it's published so I take the time to go through it and I only I pull out only what my clients need what those uh, clinicians need um, based on my current clientele, but also just sharing the information for everybody. I mean, I have countless previous clients. I have colleagues that call me and ask me for guidance and direction and where could I get these references. And I, I love how I've leveraged this mass amount of data that's out there on the internet. We are blessed by technology when it comes to the medical field. And there's so much information out there and so many people don't know how to leverage it. So that's basically how I got into it, why I got into it. And honestly, I can tell you that not a day goes by that I'm not challenged one way or another in my current position. Thank you so much for sharing that, Nicole. And, and I could tell just from the fire in your voice that you're so passionate about what you do. And I remember just running into you at the Becker's meeting. You were just so vibrant and passionate about an area that many people dread. Um, right. <laughs> and so I think you, you just found this niche where you could contribute, add value. And at the end of the day, as leaders and influencers in this business, we got to be honest with ourselves. We cannot do everything on our own. And we have to find others that we can leverage and be part of our teams, whether it be working within our own organizations or leveraging them as consultants. And Nicole, it sounds like you really found a niche to add value and really take care of patients. By taking care of the people that take care of them, that means their financials, making sure they're straight. So that's really awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. What do you think, Nicole, a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today? And what is Coding Concepts doing to make it easy? We are focusing on the documentation. Since Go Live with ICD-10, that we've always, as coders in the industry, we've always focused on documentation, but honestly, it hasn't been as important as it is today with the ability to code the level of specificity that we can with ICD-10. And the reason why it does come from a clinical perspective mostly for me, and that is because we can actually feed those databases where state and federal agencies pull data to set priority for research and funding. And the better data that we have in these massive clinical databases, I think will help us long-term and in the future in developing new procedures, new technology in order to help our patients. And that's, I have to say, where my focus is. And ultimately, by doing that, if we have the opportunity to optimize reimbursement, we can, and it's very specific. And I'm, I, I honestly am praying in my own mind that with the level of specificity that we have, once we get to that level on documentation, I think that it'll decrease the amount of audits that are specific on vague information. And, 
And I think to myself over the past 30 years that ICD-9 has been our only resource tool for coding diagnosis codes. And I, I kind of sit there and ponder the idea from time to time. And you can tell that I'm passionate about what I do when I ponder things like this. And I even dream about it in my sleep. Um, so I oh, think you even about, dream about it, huh? I do. It's crazy. <laughs> this is how passionate wow. I am about this. I want but you I, to do my coding. Right? <laughs> but I think about it. I think 30 years we've had ICD-9. And it took how many years to develop all those codes and identify those diseases and trending and tracking all that informa clinical information to get it into the ICD-9, I think. So really that book was like 60 years old. And I would, I'm hoping that in 60 years that we have learned a lot about the disease processes and then those subclassifications of those primary illnesses and diseases and how it can affect the other systems. So I think to myself, we have been, and I know lots of people will say, and, and they'll probably just look at me and go, you're absolutely nuts. But ICD-10 makes me feel like we are actually coding for the level of clinical care that we're providing to our patients in today's time. Very interesting. And, and so what, what would you say one thing that you guys do or know that maybe most of the folks don't do or know and they could benefit from doing it? I have to say this is more from just the type of business that we are because we are a remote medical coding company. And so it's not the standard, everybody's working in their cubicles, very narrowly focused. You're at a facility, you have limited access to the internet and those types of things. The internet is our greatest resource and the data and our ability to research data the way that we can, we can obtain almost any piece of information that anybody's looking for when it comes to um, reimbursement requirements, state, federal regulations that pertain to geographical locations, FI information, even though that we are not Coders have never really wanted to be part of the financial perspective, but we are. We're impacted by the Absolutely. financial end of things. And so, therefore, we work very closely with the finance department, billing department, whatever you call it in your facility, but we work very closely with them. We help them work denials, and, and you know, when they get denials, we don't take it at face value because there's often times where we go back and we can provide resources that say this is completely appropriate the way it was submitted and that you know we can usually get reimbursement. We also have the ability, because this is what we do every day, mm -hmm. you know, we could ask for second level appeal, third level appeal, physician appeal. We just that's what we've made our whole company into is this gigantic resource database. And it's because we've been forced to leverage our resources because we're not all sitting in cubicles. We don't have to ask the person next to us. Well, we do ask one another, but it's very rare that we need to because we've got just the internet that has so much information. It's the right. information highway nowadays. So I think for us that we could provide such a valuable resource with it's unlimited and, and there is no um, restrictions on the data that we can research. Fantastic. No, thank you for sharing that. And, and I think what you guys have done at, at Coding Concepts is something that more hospitals are actually starting to do. And, and that is start to become more decentralized. And this whole 
concept that healthcare is leaving the hospital. It's leaving the hospital in the form of apps, in the form of clinics, in the form of uh, just different data streams that, you know what, it's the reality. The internet is changing healthcare. You guys are, are leveraging it and hospitals are too at a slower extent, but it's important that we team up with companies like yours to make sure that, that we stay on top of it and that we're maximizing you know, our financial results just as much as we're trying to improve patient outcomes. So, Nicole, can you give Outcomes Rocket listeners an example of how you and your organization have created results by thinking and doing things differently? Yes, absolutely. It was a slow process getting going. It took us you know, five years to get this company where I felt it needed to be because I was very reluctant and relying on the internet and the data that's out there. Now it's, I embrace it and I welcome it. And, and the one thing that I think is huge for us as a company is the fact that a lot of my employees have come from hospitals and we would get reference materials, not always updated. They wouldn't be the current year. Maybe that, you know, it took purchasing a while to get their resources, you know, those types of things. So when their regulatory changes come out and there's been memorandums that come out and coding changes, especially with ICD-10, they get published like on a monthly basis. And when ICD-10 first went live, we were getting a most pretty much daily just because we had a group of coders that would blog and, and research blogs out there because we identified when ICD-10 went live, there's a lot of, there are a lot of codes out there that didn't crosswalk from ICD-9 to ICD-10. So we were able to work together in order to get those codes. So a lot of clients and a lot of colleagues have contacted us because they said, we don't know how to code this specific. There's no ICD-9 crosswalk. Can you help us? We can't even move this claim along without getting this information. And we've been able to give them a resource that they can apply and disseminate throughout their facility to get those claims moving. Because we all know when ICD-10 went live, it just, it stopped the, I mean, the AR just inflated. It stopped revenue. It didn't, it slowed it down tremendously. And so a lot of our colleagues relied on us as that, that instantaneous resource so they can move those claims along quickly because awesome. they were just hitting all kinds of edits when they first went through because they weren't crosswalking properly. That is a fantastic example. And uh, you guys proved to be agile and flexible by adopting the internet and not just staying in your ways. So that's a, a kudos to you and your team, Nicole. You said it took you five years to get there, but you got there and a lot of people don't get there. And so congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that's one side of the coin. Now let's flip the coin on the other side. I feel like a lot of times we learn more from our setbacks than our opportunities. So can you share a time with the listeners when you made a mistake or failed? Maybe you could take us to that moment. Okay. I've got a great example. I've always been kind of a control freak in, in growing this business. I don't have partners. I do do it myself. And I've always tried to control growth. And so with that in mind, unfortunately, I have not had at times early on in the development of the company, didn't have as many coders, actually. I had no problem at getting the work, but having the coders to fill the positions, I didn't have. And I did burn out a good group of coders and they were just like, we can't, we just can't do this anymore. And if I had to do things differently, I probably would have better planned and scheduled for the projects that I took on. I was just worried about getting the work and didn't, sure didn't focus as much effort as I should have on recruitment. And I would have to say that's my biggest failure 
in the entire 12 years that I've had my business. I mean, that was early on. Since then, we've done things quite differently. We actually, we are constantly hiring. We do have a pool of coders. We're very transparent to them. We let them know that we may not have a position for you today, but we get through the whole entire process, the new hire paperwork, everything. And then we, we have this massive database that has all these specialties. So literally, all we have to do is put in a specific specialty or if it's a facility, you know, if we're looking for an inpatient coder DRG, we put that in and it just pops up all these potential coding or coders for that, that we can um, assign to this project. So we have done things quite differently. And as we've grown, we've had those growing pains, if you will, where we, we come to one level and things yes. are steady moving along and I feel comfortable and then wham, we get hit again. And so mm. we're doing a little bit more proactive work than we've done in the past. Um, we were more reactive. So that has changed our business practices tremendously. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Nicole. And I think it's something that every organization runs into one of the main reasons for nurse turnover, for instance, I mean, this is the, the coding side, right? But even in the healthcare provider side and on the industry side is burnout. Turnover oh, yeah. is, is a very real thing. And as leaders, we always have to think about how we're going to keep our key players happy, keep them productive. And right. how do we maintain an appropriate level of talent in the pipeline? And Absolutely. It sounds like you guys have mastered it there. You went through a session of just maybe, you know, a little bit of burnout there, but now you have a good plan and a process in place. So it's something that we all have to think about. And I know, you know, I spend a good amount of time in hospitals working with patient monitoring equipment. And uh, one of the key contributors to turnover is burnout. And right. a lot of it has to do because uh, lack of staffing. What would you say the key way you keep your people engaged and not burned out is? Well, I, I want to say one, I don't know that we've mastered it, but we are definitely a work in progress and we're, we're a lot further ahead than we have been in the past. <laughs> and we're working on it continuously and we will continue to work on it. But I truly believe that, especially in, in my world right here, and as these facilities are moving towards, you know, out or you know, moving their coders home and those types of things, I find that their detachment from that feeling like they're part of a team, and we work extremely hard to make them feel like, assimilate kind of that environment of like we are all working together. So I do video meetings, we have staff meetings, we have individual project meetings, just so that they're always touching base. And then my managers reach out and talk to them and say, hey, how's everything going? And we really try to make that personal connection. I have great managers who get involved a little bit. And I know we've always said stay out of their personal lives. That was how it was when I worked in facilities. But getting to know their family and what they go through day to day and, you know, so that way you have that personal relationship with them. So you can call and it's not just, hey, you know, how come your charts aren't done? How come you only did two? You can actually say, hey, how's your kids doing? Or how's your son feeling? Is he better? How Did they win the game? I mean, you know, you can actually make that connection, make them feel like they're part of the team and you really care about them personally. Absolutely. You know, I think we, we forget about that, Nicole. I agree. We just we, throw money at them. We just throw, <laughs> we throw money at them. And we forget that that personal connection is something we all crave. And this is a, a very common theme with care providers and patients. That whole, right. hey, remember, you're here to provide care and give a personal touch. And right. oftentimes we become detached from the 
people and very task oriented. And that's when it starts to disintegrate. And that's where burnout happens. And so I, I really love that, you know, bringing it down to what matters is that personal connection. Absolutely. Nicole, tell us a little bit about an exciting project or focus that you guys are working on today. Uh, we've got a few that we're working on. We are working on developing a CDI program that focuses directly on CDI and, and not just as an extension of a CDI department, but actually where we will have a trainer go out and review a CDI program, make recommendations, more of a consulting kind of focus. So that's one area that we're working in. But also, I think our biggest area that we're very, very excited about is that we've partnered up with a college and we are going to uh, devise a business plan. And we're, what we're wanting to do is develop a mentorship program, write up the program, the business model, and be able to present it at the national level. Very cool. So this is development program for folks getting into coding. Absolutely. What happens is they graduate from a program, a college program, and they're unable to get jobs because they're, you know, most employers are looking for five years experience and they're like, how do we get this experience? And where's the bridge for the gap? And it was a college that profiled us for a couple of years and they approached us again and said, let's get it done. And so we're working towards that now. And we're very excited about it. It'll be the first time that one has been nationally recognized and we're looking to get a HEMA to help support it as well. So we're pretty excited about it. That is huge. And congratulations on that. All, all sorts of milestones over there. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think it's Thank something that could be very useful for a lot of people if they are interested in, in getting some info on that. For the listeners, we'll be sure to leave them your contact info here at the end of the show. Great. So, Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. And so, Nicole, here's a little section as we near the end of the interview that I like to do. It's, it's actually a pretty fun part. It's uh, where you and I get to build a medical leadership course syllabus on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Nicole Hunt. So what, <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go through four questions and it's going to be a lightning round. So I'll, I'll ask you the question and then you give me the response. After the four questions, I'm going to ask you for your favorite all-time book that we should add to the syllabus, and uh, then we'll package up the course for the folks here. It's a quick takeaway for them. You ready for it? Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. So what is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Documentation. Love it. Documentation. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid in the process? Audit. <laughs> yes, we all want to avoid those. <laughs> yes. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? We provide tons of continuing education at minimum 23 credits a year. And what is one area of focus that should drive all else in the company? I would have to say personal relationship with our clients, with our employees. Love it. That personal touch. Right back to it. The basics are, are what get us there, right? Absolutely. And what would the book be that you recommend to our listeners? Uh, Medical Billing and Coding, Demastified. Is there an author to that? Yes, Danya Johnson. Okay, fantastic. So there we have it. Smart way to do it. Outcomes Rocket listeners. Documentation, avoiding audits, providing continual education, and remembering, remembering the personal relationship. And by all means, be sure you read Medical Billing Demystified by Danya Johnson. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to provide all of these resources and anything else that we've talked about 
in the show notes. Just visit outcomesrocket.com and type in Nicole Hunt in the search bar. This show will come up and you'll be able to see all of the takeaways that we've covered today along with all the resources. So Nicole, before we conclude, I just want to ask you to share one parting piece of guidance for our listeners and the best way that they could get a hold of you. I would have to say that if there's any doubt, any question, whether there is or not, I think it's great to have a consultant come in, take a look, follow your top diagnoses, find out if those are the top diagnoses that are, are, are ones that the federal government or state government is focusing on. And if it is, I recommend giving us a call. I see hospitals daily that are closing, that are merging, that are going bankrupt. And I, I just want to say is just give us a call before something like that happens. If you have any doubt, any question that maybe your coding or documentation needs some improvement, we're happy to assist in any way possible. Fantastic. And what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me by um, email, which is nhunt at codingconcepts.com. Fantastic. There we have it, Outcomes Rocket listeners. If you have any doubts in the process or systems that you have in your coding, Nicole and her team are willing and available to help reach out to them. You'll find the email that Nicole just provided along with their company web address in the show notes so you could get in touch with them. So Outcomes Rocket listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And Nicole, we really appreciate the time that you dedicated today to the listeners and the community. And we really want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.